So welcome to episode number 71, and today we have a spotlight, and we're really um, excited to have a new friend of ours, Mr. John Peritz, and yeah. let me just briefly tell you a little bit about John, and then and then we'll dive right in. He's has over 25 years of teaching, mentoring, coaching in under his belt, and his prime objective is to educate and equip and empower today's man to drum roll please man up already and i and, yeah, and he's he, better at it. he is better at it and and that's the <laughs> name of his, my job that's the name of his podcast and he really wants he's on a mission and yes. he wants to help men learn here's here's the real the real punchline how to become the amazing man that god created him to be and I, I think that's a pretty noble cause. So welcome, John. It's great to have you. Thank you. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Well, nice. let's jump right in. You know, one of the most perplexing and mind-blowing and yet very, um, very common questions in today's world is what is a woman? And and, and I, I can't even begin to fathom <laughs> how we're asking, even asking that question. But even one of our, our newest Supreme Court judge couldn't answer that question, which just, mm -hmm. you know, Katanji Brown just blows my mind. Now, I think Beresford could answer that question really quickly, but let's flip over <laughs> to kind of your expertise. And let me ask you, what is a man? Uh, I love being asked this question. You know, I, I'll start with, because it just happened and I remember going, really? I, I was in, do you guys know what Blaze Pizza is? Yes. Yes. Right. So I, I walk into the Blaze Pizza near us, which is, you know, it's the only pizza I can eat and it's not near us. And um, I had to go to the restroom while they were cooking it. And when I went in the back, there was clearly a woman's room. And then there was one that had the, the, the placard had a male and a female, so, you know, like cartoon you know, that we all familiarize ourselves with, with restroom, but there was no men's room, which hmm. I just found that quite interesting. So wow. you basically um, hold it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, and I thought, wow, you know, where we, we hear this thing, you know, um, what is a woman? And, and it's easy to interpret it as um, we're changing what a woman is, but really all of this, is a failure and attack on manhood. So what is a man? Men are, you take out men, you take out society, period, right? We are created to protect. We are, we have strength for a reason. We are providers. We are, um, you know, I mean, I can get into the bi biological, you know, at the Man Up Already Growth Conference, I had all men in the room and I said, hey, you have a penis and be proud. Right. Like like your genitalia says you are a man. And with that genitalia naturally comes some, you know, you have testosterone in your body for a reason. You're physically who you are for a reason. It's by a natural and divine design. And um, so, I mean, I could go on and on uh, and we could talk about it. But when you if you look at a family and I'm in the coaching space, I'm a financial advisor. I've worked, I was a high school teacher for 10 years and I understand society shifts and the things that my parents thought were important weren't important for our generation, just as, you know, things have shifted with our 20 year old kids. But I do know that when men stop being men and women now have to fit into a role that is not necessarily where they want to fit in, right? Having to provide, having to you know, be, be the strength and, and be all these things. We're not in our natural element. I'm, I think uh, we're in total agreement with uh, you. And, you know, there, there's, there's things besides a penis and a vagina, quite frankly. I mean, those are, that's part of it. Um, you know, obviously the vagina is not for men, but, but nonetheless, uh, there's chromosomes, which is, is, you know, let's quote, follow the science which we've heard so much, follow the science. There's chromosomes. There's research from Ivy League universities that prove that men and women's brains are different and we process information differently. Mm -hmm. And so 
it it really is just incredibly perplexing. And I believe a couple of things you said. Um, you said it's it's really an attack on men. And I I'd ask you, obviously this is your opinion, which I'm interested in. Why is there an attack on men? If we can attack men and and emasculate them, what benefit is there to to that? Well, I I'm going to put on my um, look. I I make no bones about it. I am a man of faith. I'm a man of God. I am not perfect by any means. Um, God works on me every single day, and I really do believe that our existence is a journey on becoming the best possible version of ourselves that we were in divinely intended to be to be. So, and we're human, so we screw up and and, and all of that. Um, so, but I do believe that it's a spiritual battle. Mm. Talk some more about that. I, I just, I do. I, I think, you know, I mean, I read the Bible every day. I believe in the word of God. I believe in one God. I, I believe in a creator. And I think we, this agenda has been a, a, a long play for a long, long time. I think technology has sped it up. I often reference, um, a friend of mine who in 2012, 2013, um, she said to me something I'll never forget. She said, I believe in the attack and the, of the, cause she was really playing with technology and, and, you know, how things were developing. And I said, and she was somewhat of a conspiracy theorist. And I said, you're really into this. And she said, I believe the attack of the enemy is going to happen in ones and zeros. Mm. And it's true. It's, it's absolutely true. So if you put it through that filter, I do believe spiritual warfare is real. I do believe if you have inherent good, you have to have bad, right? You, it, it, there's always, if you have light, you have dark, right? They give each right. other contrast, right? And and so I, I do believe in that. And I believe that technology has sped up that agenda. So the 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 what we call socialism or Marxism is really um, the antithesis of freedom, right? If if I believe in a in a creator that creator gave me free will, free choice, right? I don't come subjugated to him. I come by choice. When I, I was born a Jew, I then, you know, kind of got raised by an atheist. But then when I had, when I researched, found God for me, it was undeniable, irrefutable. It wasn't a decision made lightly, but I made that of my own choice. So I come willingly with my heart, my spirit, my mind, with everything. But if right. you look at, social agendas, Marxist agendas, all of that, that is the opposite, right? We, we force these, we, 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 we lay, I mean, look at what happened with COVID. If that was not a, a, a great use, right, of you can't do this and you can't do this. And look what happened with people. People weren't happier because they were isolated, right? You took more people out. You, you messed with families. There's a rise in violence, um, racism. There, everything from COVID went higher, right? More crime, right? So, I mean, you just follow the science, follow the facts. So right. if you take out men, right, you take out order, you take out logic, you, t you know, men don't operate emotionally, they operate out of logic. I've got a family situation going on right now with a lot of females and they're all emotional. And I understand that I have to be <laughs> the rock here. I have to bring logic, empathy. I have to bring thought, so if you remove those things, you, everything's pliable, right? Everything is subjective and a subjective society can be manipulated in any way. Oh, that's really well stated. Mm -hmm. um, let's go back just for the viewer who may not understand computer language. Um, tell us what the this algorithm illustration or the, the metaphor, if you will, of, of the battles between ones and zeros, what are the ones and zeros represent? And I know you brought some of it up in, yeah, uh, just make it real clear. I mean, at the very basic form, computer code, right. Started with just ones and zeros. I mean, right. everything was built on that framework. So, but could you say that represents, um, in, an, in, in the same way, light and dark, the two, maybe, two up, maybe, I, you know, male and female, um, logic and emotion. I mean, those, those are, are all, they coexist and they're companions, but they're, they're opposites in many ways. Yeah. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, I, yeah it does. I, I, I mean, that's a little too, maybe too deep for me, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I just look at, um, and I speak out of, out of experience, social media as an example manipulated me personally and took me down a road that almost cost me everything. If that technology wasn't in place, that wouldn't have happened. Tell that story. I'm, I'm fascinated. Well, um, I've learned over time, you know, I had a very traumatic childhood, right? So I promise you this won't be, oh, what was me? Because you can, I was on a tra trauma podcast and my, my message is your pain has purpose. And so I was highly sexualized when I was young. Um, today, I realized that sexual abuse was definitely in there. It was just something I didn't realize back then. But I was definitely, you know, abused mentally and sometimes physically by um, uh, step siblings at, at a time. So I grew up a, a freaking mess. And so you carry your trauma with you. And 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 really, it wasn't until a, I had a, I had a complete midlife crisis. It almost wiped out my family. And, and it's been almost four years now of coming back from, from that. And what I've learned is I never dealt with my trauma is subconsciously was underneath that. Well, pre social media, right. Our circle was our circle. Our community was our community, right. Even, I, I mean, crap, the, when the internet showed up, I mean, our access to pornography was, you know, I mean, it took on a complete different realm, different meaning. You didn't, you know, I remember the days of if you wanted porn, you, you had to go buy a videotape or buy a magazine from a store. There was no internet and all that, but now you make it accessible and fast forward, you know, all these years later, right now, everybody's walking around with it in their pocket. And mm -hmm. the commercial, if you look at commercials today and shows today, I mean, it is, it, it, it's even higher. But for me, I would have people coming at me and and those people would I would get triggered, right? And so you have oh if my conversation in reality isn't isn't going well, well I'll have one online. Mm -hmm. And that takes you down a, a rabbit hole, right? And to, you know, I heard um Craig Groeschel say, you know, how do you end up in in a sinful situation? You don't plan on it. It's one tiny little step at a time. And social media makes that incredibly easy. And for me, it just doesn't work. So I've had to put boundaries in place that don't take me down that rabbit hole because I may come naively, right? But it just makes everything accessible. And today you do not know who is real, who is not, what conversation can be used against you. What, like it's, it's all, it's, it, none of it's real. I just heard a story to just kind of divert a little bit. Um, from a friend of mine who runs a title company, right? Mm. So check this. This is this is what I'm talking about. This is an example, not of the man stuff, but it is an example. So they mm. run a title company. And the process in mortgaging is, right, it, when you're ready to close, funds get wired to the title company to close the mortgage, right? right? So an email goes out and says, here are the wiring instructions, Okay. And even on the wiring instructions, it says, call us to confirm the numbers. So they send that out and comes time to close. Client says, I wired the money. No money shows up. Hmm. What the title company didn't found out after is the client got a second email oh. that said, hey, we changed our, we had an admin problem. We changed our wiring instructions, send the money to this number. They never called to verify any numbers. The email looked like it was coming from the title company and hundreds of thousands of dollars was fraudulently stolen. Can't close the house, all that. That's oh, through wow. email. That's happening. Right? There is such duplicity and all. And to me, all of that technology and all these issues really do stem from if we heighten the ability for people to just do what they want, then uh, to me, it's a spiritual battle that just continues to ramp up. Mm. so wow That's there's so many so yeah very unfortunate there's well, i've heard a saying say uh in all things digital that's where the devil is that's <laughs> bad, but, the devil right, but, in all things digital yeah that, that's pretty pretty true um yeah so 
there's so many things I could play off of that you said already. It's, mm-hmm. it, there's been a lot. And let me, let me go back to the comment you made, which I didn't know, John, that you, I believe you said you were a high school teacher mm-hmm. and, and could you have even fathomed back when you were a teacher that they would be uh, bringing the sexually explicit books into the school system, not the high school necessarily only, but even in the grade schools, could you have even gotten your mind around that when you were a teacher? No, not. I mean, I I say all the time, if I was a teacher today, I'd be fired day one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I just could not, could not operate. I couldn't operate under that system 20 years ago. (laughs) Um, Certainly today I can't fathom it, but you know, I, um, I'm a believer in empowerment and I am a believer in choice. And, um, you know, I think as parents, at some point, we'd have to take personal responsibility. So what I mean by that is if, if environment is going to dictate certain rules, right, I can't fight the school district, right? I can't, I can't fight the government, right? It takes a lot more in the mechanisms to make things happen. I've seen the inner workings of that mechanism, right? But as a parent, I can say, and this really did happen. It is our story. We lived in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Our children were daycare kids and we we made a choice. We literally said, if we continue down the path we're going, we'll, it, this is not the life we want for our children, but our marriage won't make it. And so we moved to Florida. In year one of being here in Florida, we put our daughter in public school, and this is in 2004. And we looked at that and said, that's not the education we want for our daughter. So she went into private school. And and so she was in private school, right, which we had to pay for. And and we had to, that's what forced us into entrepreneurship because my teaching degree was not going to bring in enough money to create the life that we wanted, right? And then when... 2008 happened and we had to move to a higher um, county, like the costs in that county were higher. Well, then we that's how we made a decision to homeschool, which turned out to be the greatest decision ever for our for our family. But if if the if the school is not providing the education that we want for our children, we can't blame the school. We can say our what we think. But at the end of the day, you got to make decisions that are right for your family. Yeah. Well, if I if I homeschool, that may cost my career. Well, you you guys know, right? Life happens, right? Crap happens, but you pivot and you and you make it work for you. And and I, I that's the mindset I I want to teach is take extreme responsibility that whatever's going on in your life, make call a different play, make a, you know what I mean? make a different choice. And, and I think that's really what self-empowerment is and self-confidence and all those things. So that when these crazy things happens, we're empowered to say, yeah, but I can make a different choice and I can take a different action. Yeah. I'm, I'm fully on board with you in my, in my most recent book, the business of redemption, I talk a lot about what I call absolute responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think it's so lacking in today's world. If everyone were to take absolute responsibility, the whole world would change for their own life. They, it really would. Let's, let's go back to, to manhood for a moment. Um, there's so many things we could spin into, but can you, can you share, you, you've, you've kind of done this, but some, a few qualities and characteristics of what you perceive to be a true man. Well, yeah, I mean, I, and I wrote about it in, in my book. I think a man is a leader. You're the leader of your home. I think, and leader, you know, leadership is abused. I think one of the greatest examples of leadership that I tend to follow um, is David mm. in the Bible. King David. Um, because when you read about King David, um, he started from nothing. He had to work for everything and he screwed up twice, majorly, right? He, he screwed up in adultery and he screwed up in arrogance, but I think also that's being a man. We screw up. We do do dumb things. We do fall. There's only one perfect man, in my opinion, and that right that was God made physical. Outside of that, we're we're pretty flawed. But I, I think being a leader, I, I think, and leading from empathy, reading, leading from understanding, like there's something very magical about a man who is self confident. That's another key. 
right? Knows who he is and whose he's, he is. He answers to something higher. You know, I, I would say this. As a man, I have learned post-crisis to filter three things, my life through these four, I call them the four filters. Number one, a, a, a real man says, is this good for my soul? Mm. Is it is it good? Is it good for my soul? Is it good for my relationship with God? Like, is this good for me internally in my soul? You know, is it good eternally and internally? The second filter is, is this good for my marriage? If you're married, or is this good for my significant relationship with my spouse? Right. Is so we have things that come at us all the time, especially online. So when it comes, is it good for me? And is it good for the commitment that I made? So a real man upholds commitments. He walks in integrity. In my book, Man Up Already, I talk about the four pillars, having integrity, humility, authenticity, and morality. And we can dive into those. Mm -hmm. But filter two is, is it good for my marriage? And, and do I have the integrity? Like, like, I need to make sure that I'm not doing something that's going to cause harm or, or compromise the commitment that I made to my spouse. Number three is, is it good for my family? And my family is who's in my home, my children. I can't, right? I can't take responsibility for my sisters, my cousins, my mom, right? But I can take responsibility for my home because my home is my kingdom. Yeah. Mm. And as the king of the kingdom, I am protector, provider, governor, like I am, that's leadership. So is it good for me? Is it good for my wife? Is it good for my children? And then finally, is it good for my career? Is it good for my business? Yeah. Because we have things that, and being able to make those decisions and put them through the filters. And if the answer is no on any of those, stop doing and make a change. That's so I... No, go ahead. Those, those those two things, the four filters and, and the four pillars, are really how I govern my life. I think it's it's um, all of those are things that that we we believe in and agree with. And I think a lot of young men need a lot of young men need this. You know, it's mm -hmm. interesting. We we had a a I I do a lot of one on one coaching as as you do. Yeah, and. and a lot of the younger generation, when they get around me, it seems, they want to start throwing around terms like integrity and morality and all of those types of things. I don't think they know what it means. They don't know what it means. I, I mean, I can't, I can't say as a blanket panacea that, that no one knows what it means, but very, very few know what it means. And going back to what you said about mm -hmm. social media, this particular individual I'm thinking of like to talk about integrity. And then I would watch what he posts online. And it was totally not the same person I was talking to once a week via Zoom. Mm -hmm. And I, I brought it up to him and I said, what are you doing? You know, he, he had this bravado and it's the whole, you know, the syndrome, look at my watch and I make so much money and I'm so successful yeah. and, and bling bling. And that wasn't who he was with me at all. And, and so I said, what are you doing? He said, well, who I'm online, who I am online is not who I am really. And I said, what if it was, what if you just were genuine? I said, because you see what we put online and you see how you interact with me. And can you tell me, is there a difference? Because everything I put online mm -hmm. is exactly it's, it's, it's integrous. It's, it's in alignment with who I am and who we are. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that would get as many likes and follows and, and I don't know if that would work. Yeah. Okay. So in other words, your values are on the, on the value list, you know, likes and follows are higher than integrity. So let's not talk about integrity, quite frankly. Um, and, and I'm sure you, you've had this experience as well, John. So, and, and it's not, it's not manly. It really isn't, you know, you know, yeah, you, there's so much in there. Um, to say who I am online is not who I am in person means you live a lie, right? You can call it whatever you want, but you're, you're living a lie. The bottom line is, is how you do one thing is how you do everything. 
If you're, if you're a person of integrity, integrity will be in everything that you do. You won't be perfect, but you'll strive to do everything with what does integrity really mean? Like I, I was coaching a guy and, and, you know, he told me like, you know, at work, I don't show up late. You know, my dad told me, right, you work hard and you be successful and I make sure at work I'm doing. And I said, do you take that same mindset and apply that to your marriage and how you are with your children? And I said, because if you don't, you're out of integrity. If you made a commitment to your spouse, if you made a commitment to your children, like there's no difference between the two. How you do one thing is really how, how you do everything. You're you're so correct. Spot on. Yeah. Um you talk we're talking about passionate things, so I hope I'm not like just like spewing all over. All no. Over. <laughs> no. You you're you're hitting the nail on the head as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Do you first of all, you want to weigh in on on any of, of that about because I, I, I believe it's really important to us mm-hmm. to bring the same energy to this podcast as we do to our relationship and our marriage and our business and our workouts. You know, it's it's all the same thing. Yes. What are you asking? <laughs> I, I lost you. Your if you'd like, if you'd like to weigh in on that, because John and I are hogging the airtime here. No, I'm good. I'm enjoying the conversation. I find it fascinating um, to listen to these conversations about what's happening with men, because it makes a lot of sense. We've talked about this before. Well, in private, there is a this kind of an inside joke. We say, you know, there's men like. Um, let me see. Let me think of good examples here. Better, better use me. As I know. <laughs> it's, I, I, so anyway, so there's men like, um, God, who can I use? Well, there's, okay. All right. Here you have people like yeah, Harrison Ford and I'll use him. And then you had um, like a Jack Nicholson or you, you know what I'm talking about? And just that type or do I dare say Donald Trump? <laughs> Yes, I'm just making examples, okay? And then you have people like that look like Zuckerberg, or you know, you know what I mean? It's like I'm I'm going, well, what happened here? Like, where is the missing link between where men went from being this they represented this manly man, like a man. Now they're like boys running around in t-shirts and jeans. Yeah, go ahead. I'd love to to and I've been saying this since I read it. So I I am um, a firm believer in um, John Eldridge wrote a book called Wild at Heart. And I think John in that book spelled out what's the what's wrong with men. He he wrote it over 20 years ago. And and I just see us escalated in what he wrote. Um, But John talks about every man struggles and wrestles in their life with the question, do I have what it takes? Mm. It is wired into men. And if that question isn't answered, or if the answer is you don't, Mm -hmm. it's chaos for a guy. So when I look at how men are acting, right, let me, and look, I do not profess to understand. I, I, I do not understand when a man says, I'm going to cut everything off and become a woman. But I I don't think you internally, spiritually stop being a man, Mm -hmm. right? You you were created in that. At a cellular level, you can pump all the chemicals you want in your body. But at the base core, you're still a man. And I think that question, the answer was no, I don't. Mm -hmm. And if the answer is I don't, then I'm going to restructure my world so I don't have to have what it takes. Mm. Mm. That's pretty good. That's really good. And, you know, you, you actually are ahead of me, which I appreciate. Um, yeah, see, one I'm of the, not a man. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I it, again, my mind is boggled and in so many ways in today's world. And I, I really believe we're, we're at a critical crisis point. I, I'm not mm-hmm. pessimistic. I'm not overly optimistic. I'm realistic. And, and I'm taking, and we are taking as much action as we possibly can. But yeah. you, my neck, my question I wanted to talk with you about is there's, what do you make of all this gender dysphoria? What the heck 
is going on with that. And it's mostly in men. Yes, there's some women, but it's mostly in men. Is it a real issue? Is it a mental disorder? Is it social contagion? It, it's doubled. It's doubled just in the last year, according to research, the amount of people who have this this okay. dysphoria, and particularly in the younger generations, the, the millennials, not a, as much, but in the, the Zs, even more. So, again, real mental, real issue, mental disorder, social contagion. What do you, what do you think is going on, John? Well, you are really putting me on the spot here, right? There's no, there's no hiding what I think. Um, <laughs> and let me say this, the views and opinions expressed are of those of John Puritz and nobody else, you know, like um, <laughs> the, the, this is, and, and I also say that I don't know everything I'm learning. Yeah. But from what I've seen, all of this stems from the answer to that question of, I don't have what it takes. And therefore, what can I do to avoid it? And so in society standpoint, the answer, like if there is a bigger agenda, which I think it's spiritual, then let's feed that fear. Let's, we, if, if, if we can get men to, to the answer, to, the majority of men can buy into the answer of, no, you don't have what it takes. Mm-hmm then let's use the media, let's use social media, let's use technology to continue to ramp up that answer. Mm. Instead of saying, no, you can, like I'm a big proponent of at the very, in the things that we're talking about, mm -hmm. femininity can never bestow masculinity, just as masculinity can never bestow femininity. Mm -hmm. I can be sensitive and I can be empathetic, but what my daughter needs from her mother, I cannot give. Right. Right. Yeah. Nor does can my son get what he needs from me from his mother. Mm -hmm. True. Right. I needed at 14, my father. I couldn't stay living with my mother and get what I needed in that pivotal time to grow me and mold me as a man. Principal character, right? All, all, all the things that we're talking about that had to come from my father. And and honestly, he he only knew what he got from his dad, right? And so we pass on what we've learned, but somebody's got to break the cycle, which is why I do what I do, of saying, just because you didn't get it over here doesn't mean you can't get it from where you, you need to get it, mm. right? And so I, I just think this, I just think it's part, James, of a, of a larger agenda of let's get people people to buy into lies and make those lies normal. I watch, I don't watch a lot of TV. I try to to close end as much as I watch as possible, like limit the commercials, but I am amazed at what is put on a commercial and what is now put in front of somebody's face. And I'm sitting there going, all right, I'm a 53 year old guy. I know how to filter some things. Mm -hmm. But if I was 14, I don't know how to filter as an example, he's a, you want to talk about sexualizing a nation. Why are you putting a commercial on TV on pubic hair wash? Real, like that's something that wow. we, that, I mean, that's on there, right? How to, you know, properly take care of your pubes. Why, <laughs> what, what world am I living in that that is like, that's commercial TV today, right? And so we're sexualizing, right? A youth, we're doing, and to me, the only answer is it's spiritual. Well, now we know why, what we're why God guided us to stop watching TV a few years ago. We, we really, we very oh, limit no. ourselves to the television. We, on Friday night, we used to, it used to be movie night for the two of us and a nice dinner made at home typically. And because yeah. we stopped going out too, pretty much, but nonetheless, we can't find a movie that we want to watch. We have rented more movies and turned them off in the first 10 minutes or, or 15 minutes than we've watched because they're just full. We will not watch people being killed and, and graphic violence and yeah. sexual content and, and you know. It's just um, become extreme Disrespectful language. And, and you go, well, James, you're just, you're just a prude. Okay. 
All right. No, it didn't start that way. I mean, I used to watch all that crap all the time. It's just that we got, I got, you know, we both got to a point, started saying, wait a minute, there's something strange going on here. And it was because of 2020 that we both started looking at things differently. And then we started taking a different approach. We're going, there's something else going on here. And people are finding out about it, you know? Mm. And so we, we really, we live a very disciplined life on purpose and, and we, we guard the, the doorway to our minds very carefully. And and then not that we don't pay attention to what's going on. We do. Um, You have to be informed. You don't have to be inundated and you don't have to watch a bunch of nonsense as entertainment that's i think that's part of it too john and, and i'd love to hear your opinion on this but it's it's the desensitization of mm-hmm. of you know the things that that i can see on regular television now or on a movie were pornographic almost when i was a child and now that and now they're okay yeah. you know the things the things that we're talking about in in mainstream mm-hmm. are were pornographic at one point, and now they're okay. Why? Because you get desensitized, and 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 porn certainly plays into that. And you just continually have to. I, I told you we talked to the COO of Operation Underground Railroad yesterday, and he was talking yeah. about some of the these most heinous crimes, which I'm sure you're aware of. And and it's it's a it's almost like a gateway drug. You mentioned you got you got to get a magazine when I was a kid, you know, and that that was the porn, if you will. And then the magazines got a little bit more raw. You know, Playboy was one thing. And then the magazines got a little bit more raw. And then you, you, you had to it's like you need more dopamine. It's like a yeah. drug. You take you take a certain amount and you get this hit. And you get this high, but then pretty soon you get desensitized. And now, you know, you can't watch a movie where someone gets shot and they don't show it. You know, they got shot. You don't have to show it. Now you have to show it and you have to show it in graphic detail um, to get to get the same response. So, yeah, I didn't know that there was such a thing as pubic hair wash. And I, I'm, I'm really sorry because I can't unhear that now, John. Thank you so much. I, really just sat, I sat there like. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank, you for, thank you for planting that. Seed yeah. In my, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I got to go back, though, to to this uh, gender dysphoria. And one of the things that research is showing, maybe you've seen this, is that 50, 53 percent of the men who do their best to become women, which you can't do. You're right. You can't do. I mean, you're not going to change your chromosomes. You're not going to change your brain. And, and the science proves that all those things are, are stable. God gave those to you. Correct. And I, I love your, your example of it's an escape because I don't feel like I'm, I'm up for the task. Maybe my words, not yours, Mm -hmm. which is going back to lack of responsibility. Okay. Am I ready for this? No. Am I able for this? No. Instead of taking responsibility and saying, okay, what do I need to do to get up for the task? Mm. What do I need to learn? I need to, maybe I need to get to the gym. Maybe I need to work on my, my personal history. Maybe I need to build my self-confidence. What do I need to do to be up for the task? But I, I think you're spot on, and I hadn't thought about it until you mentioned it, that it's it's the effect of an escaping I'm not worthy, if you will, or I'm not up mm. to the task of manhood. So if I can be a victim and maybe even change my gender, then then I'll escape that responsibility. But but here's the here's the interesting statistic. Fifty three percent of these these people with gender dysphoria, most of them men, their mothers are diagnosed with depression or BPD, basic personality disorder. I happen to believe that's rooted in the degradation and the shattering of the family unit. You mentioned, you mentioned, you kind of talked at it, um, Mm -hmm. that your children can't get 
from you what they need from their mom and vice versa. So you have, I'd love to hear your opinion on that. That's a lot. 53%. That's a big deal. Yeah. Um, my opinion on, go back a little bit because you, you threw a lot at me right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tend to do that. The family um, unit? The family unit. Do, do you believe that, that has something to do with it, it? That the degradation and the destruction of the family unit has something to do with this gender? Oh, my gosh. Disorder. Yeah. You know, I, I was sitting here, and, and this is why maybe I, I lost you a little bit. Sitting here, like, okay, where where do I, where would I go with this? You know, because I don't think anybody's really honestly asked me these questions as directly as you're asking, which I really do appreciate. And I was sitting here thinking, you know, if if you don't buy into that, this life that we live, if you if you buy into that this is it, there's no, there's no afterlife. There's no creator. There's no, there's no anything. This is it. Mm -hmm. It's pretty freaking depressing, right? Life is not easy, right? Life throws you a lot of curveballs. It's very easy to go. If this is all there is, then what's the point? This kind of sucks. And so, all right, I'm going to get all the gratification I can get out of this. And then I hit the end of that and realize, well, that didn't fix my problems. So now I, it must be, Right. I'm 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 an imposter. I'm I'm a man, but I'm really a woman or, or like whatever justification we do in our head. But if we don't buy into there's more. Then, gosh, that that that's a depressive state, period. Like, I don't if, if this is all there is, then I'm going to be depressed and angry because. You know, if I don't have it, you know, I mean, look, if and I read a lot, right, if you if you read you know Solomon as an example right in the bible had had all the wealth he had all the wealth he had he had everything right i think he had a thousand women in his life right he could get his hand and read the book of ecclesiastes what does he say at the end of it it's all meaningless right and so if the wealthiest people say hey i got a lot of money but i have no family like there was i was watching a movie and and uh, oh the um the the movie on um i think it's on netflix but it's the air movie the story of um, Nike and Jordan, right? If you haven't seen that, great, great scene. But there's an ending scene of one of the guys who was all about the money, right? And he's got all the money, but he doesn't have relationships and he doesn't have all these other things, right? So if if this is all there is, then a lot of the things that you're we're talking about make a lot of sense because I got to freaking desensitize myself from the fact that there's nothing more and this is kind of depressing and I'm just trying to be as pleasurable as possible. And if I can't get all the pleasure and all the gratification that I want, then I've got to manipulate my world to try to get it. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it from that, we are here for a flicker, that there is an intention behind the universe and things are created and we, we, we come from energy and go back to energy, which I firmly believe the highest form of energy is love. And how can I make my physical existence to get as close to that as possible? then things take on it. I have to answer to my creator. I firmly believe that when life is over, we do right answer for the life that we live. Like what happens next? Is it only, hey, you're here for 80 to 90 years and then gone and nobody ever, you never thought of again. And not, like, I just believe that there's more. And if there is a grand design, then what I do here matters, makes a difference. And, and so I just find it very sad. I read a book. Um, and I talk about this book all the time is outwitting the devil mm. written by Napoleon Hill. Yes. I love that book. And he talks about drifting and that's what's going on today is how do I get people to drift? Because if I get them to drift, they won't fulfill their major purpose. And I firm, firmly believe every single human being has a purpose on this earth. They, we contribute and, and you, you guys know this, there never has been, and there never will be one of you, one of me or anybody listening. If we all are a unique creation, then we're not random. And if we're not random, there's purpose. But all the things that, that society says is to the contrary to keep us from that purpose. I don't know why I went on that tangent, but I just firmly, like that's where my faith comes from is there's more than just this. And if there is more than that, than this, then it governs how we operate on a day by day basis. So basically 
I think what you're saying, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that what we're dealing with in today's world is an existential, easy for me to say, existential crisis. What's the meaning and purpose of life? We, we've, we've lost that. And, and I'm, I'm writing a new book right now, and I talk about this concept of a, of a vertical relationship and a horizontal relationship. And this is just a metaphor. But we've got a sacred, a sacred relationship, mm-hmm. and we've got a secular relationship. And all the way back to the Renaissance, we started shifting to humanism and secularism. And secularism defined is a is a skepticism of religion. It's a it's a doubting of God. It's a hey, we are we are God, basically. We are all there is. And when all you have is a secular society, and we've had that growing and building for got all the way back to the Renaissance, a long, long time. I contend that it's brought us to this point because we we've lost that connection. And of course, I don't believe that that God is is up. You know, it's a metaphor because even the Christ said is, is you know is within, and yep. and so. But it's a it's a great metaphor for me because. When we lose this vertical principle, then all we have to judge our morality and our virtues and our character is by looking around us mm-hmm. at what's going on in the world. We don't have that anchor to to law and to higher principles. And, you know, I, I firmly believe that's that's brought us to this boiling point. Now, the good news about that is that if you look at anything that transforms, there has to be a breakdown before there's a breakthrough. Yep. And so a lot of people say, look around at the world, we're going to hell. And I would say, no, no, we're birthing. We're birthing something new. And that doesn't mean it's going to happen in a, in a virtuous way by itself because we have choice and we have free will. But if we get into the game and we start doing the things that we know to be right and true and virtuous and moral, then it will turn out. And all this this breakdown is just a destruction of what's been built up for a long, long time. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And, and I and I also, you know, I mean, look, all you have to do is like, I mean, honestly ask, how, how are we doing? Like, are we... Do, if you look at our track record as human beings, how are we doing, right? Are all the technological advances that we have, are people happier? I don't think so. No. You know no. what I mean? Like that's, we're born into a physical world and a physical flawed world. And mm-hmm. we're flawed creations. We do stupid things, right? And But there's got to be something bigger to 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 hold ourselves accountable to, right. I guess is really what we're, what we're both saying. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why, you know, it, um, I did not know you were Jewish, but Bersaba has said several times, I think I could be Jewish um, because we, we, you know. This, I just started reading the Bible. She's, she's, and you guys are ruining the stories for me as we <laughs> talk about this stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what he didn't tell you is that, that. Yeah, well, let me ruin it for you and tell you what he meant. Yeah, no, I won't. <laughs> about Solomon. You know, her, just as an interesting aside, John, um, her name is a derivation of Bathsheba, uh, Beersheba, Bathsheba, which was the, the mother of Solomon, obviously. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's great. You know, if I, I don't have a dog in the uh, game so it when i'm reading because i was uh, i was born a baha'i um well you it, were you were conditioned into baha'i i was conditioned yeah i mean i was born into baha'i my surrounding was all muslim islam and iran and um so i never really you know there was christianity nothing really only things i've read about it was within the baha'i books um so then now I said, you know, because I hear him quote a lot of things. I'm like, that sounds fascinating. Then we started mm-hmm. watching uh, Dennis Prager. And then we were watching The Exodus with uh, Jordan Peterson Prager. And it's fantastic. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. Yeah, no, I have not. 
Yeah, uh, it's it's great. I think they released two of their episodes on YouTube, so everyone can view it. Other than that, it's on the Daily Wire. Hmm. And so they do the whole um, book of Exodus, and it was my first, and you know, anything that had to do with it. And because of that, I'm like, I'm you know, I'm gonna start reading Bible and see what's about. <laughs> And it's in from my perspective thus far, it's fantastic. I mean, it's just it boggles my mind, and and I'm glad that I waited till I was forty to read it. <laughs> you know, because yeah. I, I don't have any. Oh, this is yeah, but it's so far, it's it's pretty. That's why I told him. I said I could be Jewish. It's, I, it's, I can see that. <laughs> it, it's a grand adventure. The stories oh, are a grand sure. adventure. Uh, especially when you you read the Torah or the Pentateuch, um, the books of Moses. Yeah, but oh, okay. So leading into that, where you were talking about, there's a um, war going on between. It's like a spiritual war, and since I started reading it, because it depicts kind, of, it, it does depict what's going on, and you know when you look in the outside world right, right now. now. And I and I'm not before I used to to be honest, I would make fun of people that would say, Oh, this is a spiritual war about between good and evil, and you know, because it's I'm like, okay, whatever. But now when I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know, there's there's something really strange going on here. There's there's something really to that. That there is this pure evil, and then there is this good side, and we'll call it God. And it's they're really they're literally going at war at each other's throat, and you can see that with everything that's going on outside. Yeah, we we have a group that gets together uh, twice a month on Thursday evenings, and I I was talking to them this last Thursday, and I said, mm-hmm. look, I said we're we're in a war right now, and the polarities are getting further apart. Mm-hmm. They're not coming closer together, and. There's really no middle ground, and and we each have to decide what side are you going to play on. True. We have to make a choice to try to play middle ground. Going back to manhood, to try to play middle ground is cowardice. It's cowardice. Yeah. You know, we we had a marketing group we were working with, and and sometimes I put out some controversial things. I've I've always felt compelled yeah, talking about God is controversial now. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. or or any of the things that. That I, I had a, a a social media account with thirty thousand followers that got shut down because I was talking about health in twenty twenty. COVID, yeah. You know, I, I wasn't. Uh, did we lose you, John? No, he's here. No, I I wasn't saying, hey, this is a bunch of bunk. I was just saying, hey, we need to focus on health. Yeah. On building our immune system and being healthy, and and so, anyway. You know, this marketing group was saying to me, hey, you really shouldn't say some of those things because you're going to alienate half your market. And I said, you know, I'm not here to alienate anybody. And if I alienate them, then they're not my market. They're, they're just not my market. Yeah, that I, I agree with you 100%. I'll never forget when I went into business and I put God bless in my voicemail and my, my mom was like, I, I just don't like, can't believe you put that on your voicemail. You're going to, you're going to, People are going to be bothered by that. And I said, well, if they don't like me because I said, God bless, then I'm not your financial, I'm not the advisor that you want. And I I really have, you know, stood by that principle. You know, uh, we can, I think that's the other thing that you're talking about. We've lost the ability to, we, we, we preach tolerance, Mm -hmm. right? But tolerance goes both ways, right? I can, um, before you shove tolerance in my face, I was tolerant. Mm. Okay. Right. Your, your decision to do something was between you and God. I'm not here to judge, you know, I don't understand it. I may not agree with it. I have may have my opinion, but I'm not going to give my opinion if you don't ask, but if you do ask for my opinion and I give it, you asked for it, right? Tolerance is a two way street, right? But when you started shoving it in people's face to make it one sided, you have to be tolerant of this, but they are intolerant of you that goes against the entire and that's what's happening by the way that is the spiritual warfare side we're going to manipulate language we're going to manipulate ideas we're going to twist everything to make you what i call pliable um and and so i you know man i'm going to stand on the side of truth period right and 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 bears up as you as you read the bible it's just filled with truth it's it's just irrefutable 
truth, right? Like um, I'm Jewish by heritage. I got bar mitzvah and all of that, but then I accepted Christ as a Jew because when you read the Bible cover to cover, it, it makes sense, right? Who Christ was from a Jewish perspective makes absolute yeah. Sense. And when if you look at humanity from a biblical perspective, I think God was finally like, I got one play left because no matter <laughs> what you do, right, you keep screwing up. My one play is I'm going to give you complete free will that for those that accept me will accept me from their full heart. And I am going to give you the perfect example of what that looks like. Mm. Mm. Nice. And, and to, so to me, it just it just well. That makes a lot of sense because when I look at those that don't, I don't think they're happy or more content and satisfied. There's always something missing. Yes. Yeah. That's really well said. <laughs> really well said. And and it is a continuous story. Yeah. It, if you read from the old into the new, there there's this continuous timeline. Um, let's shift gears. I'm going to shoot out a text really quick. Um, okay. Uh, as I have a three and I'm going to be a little late. Okay. We can. We're pressing you, him on time. Are you okay? Can we continue? Or do you need? Yeah, I just said I need ten minutes. Okay. okay. So, as you can tell, we could talk to John. For yeah, a we long could talk to John for a long time. time. Hopefully, you as a viewer are <laughs> enjoying this as much as we are. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about semen. <laughs> about what? About sperm. Yeah. And okay. Maybe I yeah. should just leave. We're talking. No, <laughs> I mean, we're adults here yeah, and our viewers are adults. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that's part of human okay. being a human and going back to manhood, mm. the human reproduction update. Maybe you've heard this. Maybe it's the first time, John. I don't know. They they've done research for numbers of years with over almost 15,000 men. And what they're finding is that the sperm count continues to drop and it's down by 62%. Wow. And it it's declined since 2000 faster than it did before. So what impact does that have on manhood and what's going on in your opinion? Holy moly. I don't have enough information and certainly the expertise to really comment on this. I know um, estrogen is being put in our food. Mm. Um, and so I will point there, but I can't give you the data on that. But again, I'm going to shove it back into the same context. It's coming at men in a variety of, we have to, if we look at all the areas of our life, our fitness, our finances, our friendships, our food, right? Health. We have to look at what's going into our body. We have to look at who we're associating with. We're look, we have to look at the content that we allow to come in. All these different things. I think we have to be on guard like never before and not trust a lot of the things that we do. Because if we do, I think the system and really the, the agenda is to, to find a variety of ways to lower those things that you're talking about. I, I fully agree. And if you look at yeah. what's going on, you know, Beersheba's example of there's men and then there's those guys, um, you know, quote, those guys. And we can imagine who those guys are and what they are. Um, they've been subjected to these kinds of chemicals and toxins and estrogens and and all these things, yeah. as well as social um, indoctrination since they were born in many, if not most cases. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really, and here's, here's what's really interesting too, is that Stanford university school of medicine shows that impaired semen quality is associated with higher risk of testicular cancer, cardiovascular disease, premature mortality. In other words, dying younger and what we also know with the research is that many young boys have absolutely no drive to have sexual encounters. So, so yeah. I think well, you, cause I, you're desensitized to it, right? Like, I mean, that's proven, right? If it's in your face all the time, you just, you're, you're, you're like you said, you're desensitized to it. Right. And that plays yeah. out right on all the things that you're talking about. Right. I mean, it's pretty easy to connect those dots. 
And I, I think you connected him quite well. We and and we we agree with this wholeheartedly. You got to pay attention to your diet. You got to pay attention to what you're putting in your mind and what you're doing emotionally and what you're doing. You, you got to get to the gym. As simple as that is that states it's, as sounds rather. Yeah. You got to get to the gym. And and work your body hard. That increases testosterone, by the way, just doing that, as well as neurotransmitters and a whole other of other things. So you know, I, I will. I, I'm just going to jump in and say this, right? All of this is why I think we need mentors and coaches, right? Like because you say get to the gym, right? For some people, that's like a monumental event, right? But if somebody was like, "Did you go to the gym or get your ass to the gym?" They'd be in the gym, right? Because they have somebody who they're accountable to. And I think mentors, coaches, teachers—they're the ones that right that i i just they're yeah. so important because so many of these things we just don't sometimes we're just left to our own devices to make them happen and they don't happen but when you have somebody step into that space which is why we're all committed to the work that we do um people change couldn't agree more agree. in fact when i you know people come to me and their objective to work one-on-one -on -one, i need to make more money i said okay let's talk about your diet and exercise program no i need to make more money Okay, let's talk about your diet and exercise program, yeah. um, because everything affects everything. And and when you get in better health and fitness, and you're stronger, you're going to be more creative. You're going to be more innovative. It's going to affect everything, mm -hmm. from your finances to your relationship to all the above. I want to be respectful of your time. We could obviously talk to you forever, and maybe we need to talk to you again. <laughs> but but I want to ask you the same final way. question, John. <laughs> Um, and then you can tell our viewers how they how they can get in touch with you. But um, we talk about alchemy. Alchemy is about the transmute is about transmutation, the art and science of transmutation, which means taking something of low value and turn it into something of high, high value, something that appears to be trash and turn it into treasure. Love to hear an example from your life of alchemy of how you've taken something that really seemed to be a raw deal and turned it into something of great value. Mm -hmm. Oof. Um, my gosh, I, okay. As cliche as some may say it is, but it really is true. Um, at 24 years old, I had hit the end 25, um, I call it my walk in the desert. It was it was mm -hmm. my exodus um, where everything that I thought I had value in my life was mm -hmm. stripped away. I was engaged in a very dysfunctional relationship that ended. I was living for the first time outside of my home, my father's house with a friend. He conspired with his girlfriend to kick me out. Mm -hmm. um, so at 25 years old, and I started a new job in a public school and I was in a studio apartment, very small, not much bigger than, than maybe two, two of the rooms that I'm in, but really small apartment by myself at 25 years old for the first time in my life. No friends, really. I was in my band, new school working. So the professional relationships of where I was were over, like everything was a blank slate. And that was a very tough year. I, I often said, short of the kids waiting in a classroom for me to show up, you could have taken me right then and there. Mm. There was the only willpower to live was that there were kids in a classroom waiting for me. My desire, I was broken. Mm. And um, I started journaling and I got a therapist and um, I started to come out of that. Um, but shortly before that, you know, in the Bible, <laughs> Pierce, I'm sorry, there's the everybody knows this story, right? That right when Jesus is about to start his ministry, right? He's getting baptized by John. The heavens open up and dove comes down and God says, that is my son in whom I am well pleased. But what it says right after is he then puts him into the wilderness. And so I had an encounter with God where I saw God and evidence of God for me in my life. I had a ridiculous spiritual encounter in the middle of freaking nowhere in the mountains of New York. And I was like, OK, there he's real. And then everything that I valued was stripped from me. And that's when I accepted coming out of that is when I accepted Christ. And that decision at 25 years old changed not only the course of my life, but thousands of people. Mm. I was 
broken. And then fast forward 25 years later, I was broken again. And everything that I have been doing from that on has created major impact. And which is why my message always is your pain has purpose. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, nice. That's a great story. Great story. Your scars are a symbol of your strength. Yeah. Absolutely. I've heard that. And so, John, how, how can our viewers find out about your podcast, about yeah. what you do, get in touch with you? Please tell. Yeah. Go to manupalready.com. We have, um, we've given away a chapter of my book, right? If you join our email list, the podcast is on there. Um, I'm excited to announce we're having the second uh, Man Up Already Growth Conference in February um, oh, here in Florida. Um, so it, it, it's going to be awesome. Um, so James, I'd love to talk to you about that. It'd be fun to have you there. Um, but uh, we are, we are, um, we're on a mission. So manupalready.com is probably the easiest place to find me. Love it. Let's talk about that. That sounds exciting. Um, thank you so much, John. The The value you bring is is just amazing. And and even if you're a female today, go to manupalready.com because... Uh, yeah, I find it very fascinating. You should. You should, yeah. know, you should know what you really are looking for, whether you're consciously aware of it or not. Yeah. And... You know, John's had Bearsaba on his podcast, so it, it's not it's, it's not just one it's not story. just for men. It really is not <laughs> no. it is not right. Uh, we, as men, right, really value women and their contribution, and I think these things are important for both. Yes, we yeah. do. Well, yeah. God bless you. Thank and you. I'll say that again. God bless you, John. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, everyone viewing uh, appreciates that as well. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Go to your other meeting, and we'll be in touch. Okay. Thank you so much.